All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of Meet the Critters. Um, this episode, we are going to break down broad-breasted um, white turkeys. Um, but first, we'll let a couple people get in the chat. Um, nothing really much going on around here. Um, the construction's still going on over at the shop. Uh, they brought uh, probably like four or five more loads of material just to level everything out. Um, we're trying to make a decent pad of gravel so that way everyone can turn around with their trailers um so that way i can get all the animals out of the trailers and doesn't have to be in my front driveway so um the beams are getting milled um for the structure that is going to go over it um my neighbor has a sawmill so they're milling down big old pines it's going to be a monstrous looking thing and i'm very excited for it um other than that, we got to beef through the cooler this week. Um, we had a schedule drop off. So next week is actually going to be a little bit of a lighter week where I can get a couple of things done just around the house, around the farm, things my wife's been asking me to do. So that'll make her happy. Um, we have, what do we have next week? We've got, I think I'm doing two beef next week. Um, I am tempted to pull out the camera and set something up uh, for a beef slaughter. So kind of stay tuned to that. If you're in the Telegram chat, you'll definitely know uh, if that's happening or not. Uh, but this will be my first slaughter on the new concrete pad with the drains. So I am out of my mind excited to finally have that, to have a level ground that is not going to turn into a mud pit. Um, for those who are just listening uh, for this first episode, I am a butcher up in northern New Hampshire. Um, and we started at our own shop about two years ago and I have been full-time for about a year. So we are enjoying it. Um, but this is, we're finally getting some big boy, uh, equipment and stuff put in to make my life a little bit easier and a little bit more official. Um, so I'm pretty happy about that, but we've just been doing it. We had a grassy area behind the shop. And by the time we were done, it was a bit of a mud pit with the amount of water that was moving, um, moving through there and the amount of blood and stuff like that. But all that soil has actually been put back uh, over the areas that have been being torn up by all the excavators and everything rolling through. So we're going to have some real nice grass in places we didn't have it. Oh, Rachel's here. Thank you, Rachel. Um yep we so let's go ahead and get into this um broad-breasted whites they're basically they are the most produced turkey in the united states um it's the most popular breed um they were bred from hollands uh what was it the breeds that were bred together to make them were hollands and broad-breasted bronzes um and the main factor of that is the broad-breasteds they are super fast growers. They grow to a really decent size and they're super easy to clean. Um, and the meat quality is just good on them. They're really good. Um, they were first introduced to the American Poultry Association in 1874. Um, and literally right after that, they became the most popular breed in the country. It really hasn't been a competition since 1874. Um, I have raised these birds a bunch. Um, I've really only raised two or three, 
um, different breeds, but the whites are just the best. Like they're just, you know, you're going to get a good bird. I usually raise mine for about three months and they would get to easy 20, 25 pound carcass weight. Um, let me just let these dogs in so we don't have the audio of that. Sorry about that. We're back. Um, yeah, we always raised ours on pasture. Well, I'm not going to say always. In the early days, we did have a couple pens that were stationary, and I was only going to do that once because those get messy. And But when you're starting out, you're starting out, you're figuring it out as you go along. Um, we actually – I saw like a Facebook video or something pop up one time about somebody turning – an old trampoline into a chicken tractor. And I was like, that is a super awesome idea. And I am going to do it. That was, it was a good idea. It works really, really well, but it is not super fun zip tying chicken wire to a metal trampoline frame because there is no way to really fasten chicken wire to a trampoline frame besides zip ties. Um, and it works super well. I did put wheels on it, so it was able to move fairly well. And before we had all of our bigger livestock, that's what we raised. We would raise between 15 and 20 at a time when we were first starting out. And we'd raise them for us. We'd raise them for friends and family for Thanksgiving and stuff like that. Um, I almost broke down a tractor supply and bought some this week. And I knew my wife would kill me if I did, so I walked away. Um, they are just, they're again, they're cut. They kind of follow the breeds I've been starting with the really popular, just good breeds that are going to work. Like if you can get them out of the pulp stage, you're golden. They're bulletproof. Um, I will say from experience that at chicks, they are a little bit more aggressive to, or like harder to get there. Um, we bought 15 last year. Uh, to put out on pasture and we lost 14 of the checks and it was just one of those situations we they had heat constantly water food um, electrolytes I always put electrolytes in the first probably one big water that I give them um, just so they get that um, and last year they just dropped it was I had never seen anything like it I knew like I'd always heard and I had had a handful that had died in the past, but I had never had anything like that. Um, so we didn't do turkeys last year. I ended up giving the one that survived to a buddy because I was like, I'm not going to do all of this for one turkey and three guineas. Like, And that is another thing I will also never have again is guinea hens. I know some people that love them. They are loud shit. <laughs> and they're just an interesting little bird. They're fun to watch. I'll, I will give them that. But... Yeah, I think my wife would murder me if I got guineas again. Um, but yeah, so last year we didn't raise them. I I think more than likely we'll be raising them this year. Um, the toms get to a really decent weight. You can get a tom to about 40 pounds, depending on feed and how like you're raising it. Um, and that is live weight. That's not dress weight. You're not going to have a 40-pound bird for Thanksgiving. I don't care what breed of turkey it is. That's not happening. 
Um, the hens usually are a little smaller, about 25, 30 pounds. Um, the temperament of them, they're all right. Like it's poultry. I know, I know there are a lot of people out there that they can walk up to their birds and hug them and snuggle them and do all that. I'm not that person. Um, they've always been fine. You can hand feed them most of the time. The only time you really run into trouble is if you have older birds, like where they're matured. And if you have a bunch of toms running around, yeah, they're going to get aggressive and just, just with each other and them just being all horned up and everything, they're just going to be aggressive with you and it's not really worth it. Um, and let, less you are doing a breeding operation and then it's like, yeah, separate pens. Cause that's going to make your life easy. Um, let us see. Yeah. So like I said, they're the leading, um, Turkey breed that we raised for meat in the United or that we raised in the United States. Um, and it's again, just because of everything we talked about, they're a larger breed. They grow quick. Um, they have really good meat quality. I love them. Um, they're bred. They are essentially the Cornish cross of turkeys. Like they're just bred for meat. And that is it. They eat, they put on muscle and weight. That's what's going on. And that's what you want. Um, so their breastbone is actually slightly smaller than what you would say out of like a heritage breed that would have a really more pronounced chest plate. Um, and uh, you just get a little bit more meat there. Let me take over to the comments for a second. Uh-oh. We're in the shower with Rachel. <laughs> All right, Lisa, what are you saying? Yes, it is easier to ask for forgiveness, but I don't want to. It's not worth it. <laughs> I'll buy turkey at that point. I just, yeah, I did not want to come home with chicks right now. Um, what's going on, Hoss? Thanks for coming. Um, so, like I said, they are a meat bird. I have seen people that get eggs from them. They're not a good egg producer. Like by any stretch, if you were like upset about your production of eggs from broad breasted whites, I'd say, yeah, that's because you have broad breasted whites and that's not what that's for. Um, they do create a large speckled egg if they do lay. And like I said, I've seen it happen. I've processed turkeys in the past and had them overnight and all of a sudden walked in after the slaughter and there's a bunch of eggs on the ground. And I'm like, oh, look at that. And we ate well that night. <laughs> um they cannot breed on their own either. That is the big thing. Um, I mean, I'm not going to say everyone. There might be one that's got a little pep in its step and is a real go-getter. But it's mostly just because of the size of the animal. They're bred to be as big as possible in as quick of a time as possible. So by the time they get to the point of like sexual maturity where they're really going to be worrying about breeding, again, you could end up with a 40-pound tom. And he's not going to be able to mount. He's not going to be able to do what he needs to do. So that is why the majority, if not all of the uh, broad breasted whites are artificially inseminated. Like that's how they do it. And if you've ever watched, if you ever watched that episode of dirty jobs back in the day where Mike Rowe did it, they essentially just siphoned the stuff out of the Turkey and just 
stuck a tube in and did it to the other and blew it into the other turkey. That's essentially how they did it. Very crude representation of AI for birds, but yeah, I'm not doing that. So, <laughs> um, feed, this kind of goes for most birds. Um, you're going to want to start out with a higher protein feed as chicks. Um, I for, I remember hearing a study at one point, and I should have probably looked this up in my research for a turkey podcast tonight, but there was something I read where it was like, the amount of insects, like a wild turkey poult, or even like a poult on pasture, the amount of insects that that chick eats is like 75 to 80% of its diet. It is, that is what it's going for. It's going for bugs. It will eat grass and stuff like that, but it's going for those little beetles, ants, anything can get like, get into itself. And then once they reach the point where they are sexually mature or like, just older, that completely switches to only 20% of their diet is protein. So if you can mimic that in raising your birds, you're going to have a good time. You're like going to have a better product. Um, and I'll still add, I'll still add crack corn and stuff like that to my feed just to get some more calories into them. It doesn't hurt. Um, but yeah, once they get past eight weeks, you're really going to switch them to like a 20% like flock, just regular flock feeder. It works great. Um, you can do your own research and look into making your own blends and milling everything yourself. And I know people that do it. I honestly, at some point would love to do it. But at the moment, I don't need that headache as well. So I'm like, you know what? This has worked for me. So we're just going to keep it going. <laughs> um yeah, and like I said, with that trampoline setup with the pasture, um, pasturing them, when they were smaller, I'd move it every two days, maybe, like depending on what the damage was to the ground. Um, but once they were older, I was moving that thing every day, um, sometimes twice a day. Um, you can just see the difference in that area where I raised them, like originally. The grass has come in so much thicker, but... Um, also be prepared though. Like if you're doing this, might not want to be, have it be your front yard because every time you move that structure that they're in, that just leaves all the manure and everything there. But also it's all picked clean usually. So it's actually really funny when everything starts growing in because you just see like random shading of a hexagon trampoline just going through the field. Um, but it's fantastic for your soil, like all of that carbon going back in and everything being freshened up, like everything needed to start grow again. It helps just stimulate everything. Um, I plan on if we do get birds, they're going to be pastured behind our turkeys. So they're not really going to have um, as much like green forage, but they're birds. They're going to peck through everything. And the whole point of it is basically they're going to go behind the pigs and spread manure. Like the way it was explained to me and the way that I've like learned it is essentially the pigs are going to go through and they are just going to bulldoze everything, turn over that soil, mix everything up. Like whatever's on top is now going to be in the middle, like just kind of move everything and freshen everything up. It's going to get into that seed bank, kind of make everything pop and go, all right, like we're alive. 
Um, and that's fantastic. But pigs are also, they're not the neatest ones. So it's going to be a jumbled mess wherever they're going. But if you put some type of poultry behind them, the turkeys are going to go through and all that soil is new to them. So they're going to be picking for bugs and stuff like that. And they're going to go through and just level everything out. So now instead of you having to go in there and just kind of rake everything out or bring a piece of equipment in there, your birds are doing it for you and they're getting protein at the same time. And uh, we're really trying to get that backfield back to what it was. It was the original horse, horse pasture on the property. Um, So it's super fertile soil back there. When we cleared it out originally for the cows, um, it was full of aspen and birch saplings. And these things were, it had only not had horses on it for like two years, maybe three years. And these things were 10, 15 feet tall, about that big around. Like they were just growing crazy. So and even today, we've had about a week, week and a half of rain. So everything's just a mud pit. But the past two days have been somewhat sunny. So everything's starting to dry out. And you, we're really starting to see the pastures come in. Like they're really starting. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, that's green. Like I haven't seen that in a while, that shade of green in a while in, <laughs> in New Hampshire. Um, actually, if you guys, after this, go over to my YouTube channel. And we just put up a farm tour. We just did a little quick uh, walkthrough of the farm. Um, we didn't get crazy with it. It is a mess at the moment, but I wanted to get something out to you guys because really all you've seen is me cut up my table and the pigs. So I wanted to show you everything else we got, got going on here. Um, housing. I didn't completely agree with some of the um, suggestions. Again, I did pasture and I get, I guess at the same time, I do agree with it. They were saying 10 square feet per adult bird, which I get. That's the main reason of the pasturing. But I've also seen these birds raised in confinement and they do just fine. I'm not suggesting and saying that's the better way to do it, but you can. Again, I raised birds in a backyard, like a third of an acre backyard. Like you can raise birds. They're fine. Um, if you are building like a housing area with a roost, you're going to want to build it somewhat lower to the ground. Um, the big thing about these birds is again, because they're so big and so top heavy, if they're jumping around a lot, they're going to break their legs. Like it's the same thing that happens with corners cross. If they get a little too old. And again, I'm not saying it's all of them, but it happens that they just get so heavy that their joints aren't strong enough and their bones break. That's just it. It's how they've been bred to get to the size they are. That's why I don't highly recommend keeping like broad-breasted whites to an older age. It doesn't really pan out. Um, I could see raising a hen a little bit longer. Um, We've actually thought about it. That was the main reason we got our turkey, the our turkeys last year. I was going to keep a couple hens over and uh, try and cross them with the bourbon reds. Um, I really, really like them. The, they're not, another really good quality bird. They might be the next uh, bird I do. 
Um, but I just wanted to try and do the same thing we're doing with the pigs, try and get that hybrid hybrid vigor going um, and create something that's just a little bit hardier for growing up here. Um, like I said, the health issues with the birds, uh, the big thing is just the legs. That's what I've seen the most of is just legs breaking or them just not being able to walk around just because of the size they get to if you keep them for a super extended period of time. Again, if you ration them right, if you're not just trying to bust out birds and you really make sure that you're rationing their feed correctly, you can absolutely keep them until the point that, I don't know, again, a hen, I would say, you can keep them for a little while. Toms, it's borderline not worth it too they have no purpose besides just being fed being eaten they're not going to breed anything um they can develop heart heart issues respiratory uh, complications joint issues again just kind of obesity stuff <laughs> it is what it is um but yeah so that's what i got on got on them um let me go into the chat for a little bit and we will, let's see. So you could cross a heritage breed. Um, yeah, or I apologize to people that are listening on the podcast and not watching it. <laughs> so could you cross a heritage breed with a bird, um, broad-breasted white hen? Would you still have a quicker growth? That was essentially my thought. I haven't done it. I've seen people that have done it. Um, and that's what I was going for. I was going for just how well the broad breasted grow and just how rock solid bourbon reds are. Like they're a really good breed. They do well up, sorry, they do well up in this area. Um, and they're just a cool looking bird. Like that's part of half of why I raise stuff. I pick the stuff that's gonna work for me and do well, but also if it looks cool, I'm probably gonna try and breed it. I have that murder pig out there. That's a big baby, but half of it was because he looks super cool. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's, was my plan. I still might try and do it at some point, not this year. Uh, we have enough, we've got enough breeding programs going on. I don't need to add another one at the moment. Um, uh, let's see. Let's see. No, I do not have bourbon reds at the moment. Um, we will at some point, hopefully. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, if we do get birds this year, they're going to be the broad breast of whites. I have moved away from doing Cornish Cross. I have no problem with them. Um, if I did, the one problem I would have would be that I don't like how fast they grow. I process my... Uh, corners cross at seven weeks so it's hard when it's you're planning everything out you've got a lot on your plate and it's like the turnaround on them is yes it is nice that it's such a quick turnaround but when you have a lot of stuff going on especially when it comes to livestock in my opinion i like kind of planning something out long term because i have a little time to get ready for everything because again i do all my own processing because it'd be shameful if I didn't. Um, but 
yeah, that and the fact that like it's every characteristic of the broad-breasted that's there, it's they just grow super quick. They get super fat. Um, good muscle, good uh, quality meat, but it's it's a lot of work. Yes, the time quick a quick turnaround, but it is still a lot of work. I mean, all of it is, but so other than that, what do I gotta say about them? They're just good birds. Again, they're the number one producer in the country, and they're probably gonna continue to be. Um, so we're coming up on the half hour, and I've run out of things to talk about. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. Much appreciated. Um, Josh is in the background <laughs> of StreamYard right now, and I appreciate that. I saw him fiddling around on his computer or something, and I didn't know what he was doing. I figured it out. Um, I am not safe to put up YouTube videos anymore because Josh has a knack of finding the perfect memes in all of my videos. So, um, again, please go follow or. If you're on this, you're probably following me already. Um, but if you're not, please subscribe to the channel. Tell a friend. Share it to people. Like and comment on the videos. It helps me a bunch. Um, we, Like I said, more than likely, I will be getting the camera out on Monday. And uh, we will be doing a slaughter video. Um, again, don't know. This is going to be a new setup for me. So it might take a minute to figure all that out. But... We're going to do that, and more than likely, there will be a, a lard rendering video coming out, so probably tomorrow. So if you guys have any questions, please leave it in the comments about rendering lard, and uh, I will come back around, and I will try and answer them in the video. So until next time, um, I appreciate you guys coming and listening, um, and you guys got a chance to meet the critter.